Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with DocChristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy! Good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOEFM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission for this radio show is to help change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel you're stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Today, I'm extremely pleased to be with Sarah Clark, fertility coach and author of fabulous, fertile, supercharge your fertility naturally and other books. Welcome to the show. Great. Excited to be here. Now, you yourself struggled with infertility. If you don't mind, would you share your story a little bit and how you became the person you are today, helping others to struggle with infertility? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I had my own uh, journey with uh, infertility. So I, I always joked in my uh, in my early 20s that I was having uh, menopausal hot flashes. I remember kind of, I was in HR at the time interviewing people and kind of fan of my face going, oh, I'm having a menopausal hot flash. And it turns out that I was. Hmm. So, um, and at that point I had um, irregular periods. I had a weird fungal rash on my chest. And then I had... Um, and then I had, uh, um, uh, sorry, my dog is barking. That's okay. <laughs> and then I had, yeah, I had a, a regular period, um, a fungal rash, and I had dandruff, and also, and I had uh, also some some yeast infections. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, at, at that time, I thought it was great that my periods didn't, you know, didn't didn't come regularly. And then I had this plan to get married at 25, so I got married at 25, and then I wanted to have my kids at 28. And still at 28, my periods were still very irregular, so I uh, went in to see my OBGYN mm. and was told I had premature ovarian failure, which is the loss of function of the ovaries before age 40. Mm-hmm. And so basically, I was told my only option to have children was with donor eggs. Mm-hmm. I remember her re- reaching up and grabbing the IVF brochure and, um, uh, and sending me off to the fertility clinic. So off I went there, and I was lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have um, our daughter and our daughter's uh, 16 now. So this wow. was many, many years ago when, you know, when you said donor egg and people kind of looked at you with a blank stare going, you know, what is that? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, due to our standard Western diet and lifestyle, it's, it's, it's become more common. And there's mm-hmm. even now we've got, um, you know, embryo um, donation because all the people going through IVF, they've got extra, extra embryos. And now we've got sort of embryo donation, embryo adoption. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know you had it twice, is that right? Do you have two children that way or just one? Sarah? Yes. Okay, uh, did you hear me? I, I was asking, did you have two children that way or just the one? Yes, I had both my, so I had my, my daughter with... Yes? 
Pardon? No, I just... What, so your daughter, you have two children with IVF. That That is really... Yeah, yeah. So they yeah, are both so healthy? My, yeah, definitely. So I had my, my, my daughter, 16, and I had two embryos left over, and then we wanted to go back in again. And um, when, I was, when we went back in with the two embryos, the, um, you know, I was, I was stressed out. My husband's kind of like, Sarah, hold on. You know, what are you doing? And I'm kind of like, well, I want to have my children close together. So we went, we went back in and those didn't work. So then I went on another list for another donor egg. And then we had our son. So he's 13. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, so both of them are, are, are healthy. Although, you know, because I didn't work on my, my preconception health, both of them have food allergies. Oh, so we wow, have yeah. made, made dietary and lifestyle changes to, to help them. But because I didn't, I didn't know what I was, you know, I didn't know how to focus on my preconception health. So I guess, you know, after I had my daughter, my, my health really um, t- took a, a downward spiral. I had nine colds in one year. I thought it was a great idea to take antibiotics for every cold. Mm-hmm. Not a great idea. I mm-hmm. had vertigo. I had toenail infections. I had chronic bladder infections. I was peeing blood. Um, I had chronic sinus infections and chronic yeast infection. Mm-hmm. And then um, I took a life coaching course. I was in I was in H, uh, HR at the time, so I wanted to take a life coaching course. And during during that life coaching course, I had my own personal wake up call. And then, what um, was your wake up call? It was it was basically I was in HR my whole career. I I I loved it. I really thought I loved it. And then really, I took that coaching course, and it was kind of like. I was always felt slightly, almost slightly bored, I think, and just restless trying to find something else, even though I thought I was happy. Yeah. But I wasn't, I wasn't fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And then I found this life coaching course. I'm like, oh, well, this is cool. There's this whole thing of, you know, I, like, I liked health and wellness. And then I took the health, the health coaching course. Yeah. You're an, and I am graduate too. I'm too. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah, so I took the health coaching course, and that's where, um, and that's when I kind of discovered my own food, my food sensitivities. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm intolerant to dairy, gluten, and corn. I took those those foods out of, out of my diet, and and then gradually my my health restored. I didn't discover this until I was forty, mm-hmm. um, and at that point I was fully in menopause. So if anyone listening, if there's if you're still cycling naturally, uh, there's things we can do. You know, using the tools of functional medicine. Mm-hmm. And and really looking at the underlying cause of of why you are struggling with with uh, infertility. No, uh, how did you get into the field of infertility? Is it that your personal experience prompted you to want to do that? Yeah, it was weird because I, I I took the health coaching course mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my goodness, look at all the stuff I'm learning. I really mm-hmm. wanted to, to share with people. Yeah. And I started talking. I I decided to write a book. And I when I started doing the the, the book course I was taking, mm-hmm. I was going to write a book on weight loss. And I've never struggled with weight in my whole life. Like I don't I don't know why I was going to write that that book. And then right m- m- middle of the way in the course, all of a sudden, well, my struggle is infertility. Like premature ovarian mm-hmm. failure, it's a very you know it's a low percentage of people that have that, but it's still there's there's you know it's it is it is um, infertility well, in general is very common yeah, nowadays, and exactly. and I I completely agree with you that it has to do with our nutrition and the toxins in the environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that was that you know that was my struggle, and then that's why I decided to write um, to write my book on on how there's things that you can do with diet and lifestyle and, and nutritional therapies to help heal your body and you know although I was lucky enough to go to the fertility clinic and, and, and have my child that's not the case for 
you know, the stats are pretty grim. And, and IUI has a 10%, an average 10% success rate. And IVF has an average 30, 30% success rate. Mm. And, and a donor egg has a 50% success rate. And then it, it takes an average of three cycles at a cost of $60,000 um, for, for a successful IVF. So it's it's a lot of money. And, and then and if the, you have the a donor egg, a grim. It, it may not even be your biological child in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, for, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, with 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 donor eggs, it's mm. not. But yeah. But uh, yeah. Still, it's your child. You raise it. You carry it. But in 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 a biological way, it's it's kind of a half adoption. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people actually come. I have have a lot of questions about this mm. because donor eggs are more popular. I have a lot of people coming to me that that have chosen the, the donor egg route and kind of you know how did you tell your children and and you know did you feel that you you weren't able to bond with them um you know did it, did it feel like adoption and because you know i would well we you know i was pregnant with them and gave birth to them yeah like there i didn't have any any uh, bonding issues at all um i i told them when they were very young that this is you know mommy's eggs weren't working and she had to borrow them from another lady and so i was always very open about what what happened um you know with us and um, accepting. Wrote, you know i wrote a, wrote a book on it so i'm you know very very open about it and that's not for everybody some people don't want to even tell their tell their children that's the you know that, that it is donor eggs so it's very it's a personal decision people mm. need to do what's what's right for them well in the end it, it may be important if there's an inherited disease coming out and they want to see oh why did mom didn't didn't have it why do i have it mom didn't have it it's also interesting that you said they have food allergies like you although they're really not uh, your genes that shows really that it's not The genes that causes the food allergies is really our environment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, for me, I, you know, I don't know how, if, you know, when I, when I look back when I was 12 years old, I had big circles underneath, underneath my eyes, which mm. is a sign of food, food intolerances or, or sensitivities. And I lived in this, you know, cedar house in, you know, in the woods that was, you know, had a lot of carp carpenter ants. Mm. So we sprayed it regularly. So mm -hmm. was, so it did, did the toxic chemicals that, that I, you know, inhaled when I was young, did that impact, you know, my, the, the bring on food sensitivities. And God then knows, later yeah. for me, it was, it was infertility. Other people, you know, diet and lifestyle can either turn on or off disease. So definitely um, the, the epigenetic was, impact of diet and lifestyle yeah. is so important. And I'm glad that you are working in that field to make exactly. sure that People that want to be pregnant know that it's important to change their lifestyle before they get pregnant. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Work on preconception health. You know, if you're people that come to see me, they're all struggling with infertility, mm. but it's not just infertility. There are all kinds of other health issues going on. Yes. And then marching off to the fertility clinic, you know, you may be lucky and get pregnant, but then, you know, you haven't focused on your preconception health. So then you may, you know, increase risk of postpartum issues. Um, depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have the the depression part. I look back, I think I had the anxiety part where I was just like cranky, and I remember like talking on the phone, wanting to throw the phone out the window after I had my children. Like very, 
um, like a lot of stuff going on there. I remember not wanting, not not crying mm. in the corner. I wanted to kick the corner. Just, like, well, it can be enough depression too, and uh, that that is really interesting. And I mean, yes, I agree that the, the baby takes usually what it needs if it can, and the mother is left even emptier than before in nutrients if if she doesn't look after it. That's right. Mm. Yeah, and then and then for me, both both my children ended up having food sensitivities and you know you wouldn't necessarily know that they were food sensitivities my son had had um asthma my daughter had you know chronic sinusitis mm-hmm. at three uh ear infections tonsils like a lot a lot of um upper respiratory issues mm-hmm. and then when they so they're, they're both dairy and gluten-free now um but they were both born by by c-section so they didn't get the benef- beneficial bacteria coming out of the you know the vaginal canal so And antibiotics, um, it's automatic. When you have a C-section, you get antibiotics too. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's a double whammy. But in in that moment, you can't do anything about it. And uh, many people don't know at least to give the children probiotic afterwards. That's right. Yeah, I I didn't know. So I had, you know, my my daughter had tubes in her ears. We mm -hmm. were still giving her, you know, full full fat dairy, which for her is Mm -hmm. causes a lot of allergies. Remember, she had... She was wetting the bed, I think, like really like later on in life because of and that, you know, we changed her diet and all that stuff went, you know, went away. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is so interesting that many people have no idea that there are those sensitivities don't just cause stomach upset or bloating. And some people, they cause totally different symptoms. And I would be happy during the uh, second half of our show to talk a little bit more about the process you take your people through that then lead to them actually being able to conceive. Because as we both know, it's a process of mental and physical changes and that's what you do in functional coaching and uh, I'd love to talk to you more about that in the second half and absolutely so we'll end the broadcast here and please tune in after the commercial break for more about fertility and infertility with Sarah Clark Hello and welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOEFM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and today I'm talking with Sarah Clark, fertility coach and author and a wonderful person. Thanks, Sarah, for being back. Awesome. Excited to, excited to be here. And in the first half, we were talking a little bit about infertility, the problems with that. And the second half, I would like to talk a little bit about the solution that you found and that you are offering your clients. How do you do it? What's your process? And what are you passionate about? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we have a couples coaching program and how we, we work it is uh, basically the, way we, is, is the foundation is we use functional testing. So mm-hmm. on my team, I work with a uh, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. So she, so, so she runs the functional test. And basically, because our, our thing is to test, is to test, not guess. Mm-hmm. So we start off with a food sensitivity test. 
And we typically use an IgG test, which mm-hmm. tests for, for 98 foods. I think you were mentioning one. You had one in Calgary that looked at um, 228, 228 yeah. foods yeah, for the Canadian market. And then um, for, the, for the U.S. market, we look at um, the LEAP MRT. So that looks at 150 foods mm-hmm. and 150 food chemicals. Mm-hmm. It's got the highest um, efficacy, I think a 95% mm. efficacy. So it really... Um, well, then you can actually see exactly what, you know, what you are intolerant to because we can sit here and pontificate all day long as to people's, you know, food food sensitivities. It shortens so then, the learning what, curve what, what, enormously. Like, I find it shortens the learning curve. Some people say it's no good. Yes, there are false positives. There are false negatives. You have to correlate it. But it is very faster to find out that way than to try the elimination diets and for, for weeks and weeks and maybe the fo- wrong thing. So that's exactly. great that you start with that. And, I, and we and we look at the combination. So we mm-hmm. so we have the food sensitivity, and then while we're waiting for the results, we have someone do the elimination diet. Right. Because I've had people just do the food sensitivity mm-hmm. test and go, "Oh my goodness, I'm I'm intolerant to all that. What am I going to do?" Throw it over their shoulder, and they don't they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. But while we're waiting for those results, we have them start. So the, so the the elimination diet. So they take out gluten, dairy, corn, soy, eggs, and peanuts. Mm-hmm. So you take that out of your diet for ten days, and then you systematically reintroduce it. So, and, and the reintroduction period is very important. So, um, for instance, I've had people bring back in corn and they're like, oh, I feel kind of wheezy. My, my asthma is flared up. They bring back in dairy. Oh, I feel a little bit phlegmy. Um, they bring back in gluten. Oh, my brain fog. I feel sluggish. My energy, you know, is dipped. So it's very important then to, 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 to write down how you feel because two weeks later, um, forget. people forget how, how the food made them feel and it's sort of to them. And sometimes you can actually be intolerant to your favorite foods, mm-hmm. which could suck. But, you know, if you if for people that are coming to see me, they're trying to have a baby. So it's, you know, this this inflammation, this food could be causing inflammation in their body. Mm-hmm. And if your body, you know, your body wants to survive rather than, than uh, uh, procreate. So, right. so we start with a diet and then we do a, um, a Dutch test. So it's a dried urine test that looks at your um, that looks at your hormones, so your sex hormones progesterone, uh, progesterone uh, estrogen, your DHEA, your uh, testosterone, your, um, and then also looks at your cortisol levels. Many mm-hmm. people that come to us, they've been struggling for years, so mm-hmm. they, their, their cortisol could be high just due to, just to emotional stress, but also it could be due to a food sensitivity. If you're, if you're sensitive to something, that, that, that can also impact your, your, your cortisol levels. Mm-hmm. And then also if there's toxins in the environment, uh, depending on, um, you know, if someone's having issues with, um, we, ha- we always have people look at their, their personal um, care products, their, their cleaning supplies, the water they're drinking. So really looking at, their, at the toxins of the environment. Um, and then, so that's the Dutch test. And it's a, it's, a, it's a dried urine test. And basically it looks at the hormones um, throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And then we have them do a stool test. I'd say the a high number of people that we work with that are struggling with infertility actually have uh, parasites, mm-hmm. worms, bacterial infections, fungal infections. Um, so it's important to kind of look to see if there's a gut infection because you can eat this perfect, beautiful diet. But if you've got a parasite going on in there or a bacterial infection, um, again, it's a gut infection. You need to clear that up. So we then take that targeted approach right. using you know a, a protocol based on testing to develop that personalized diet and then lifestyle, you know, we look at um, we look at sleep. We, you know, many people are 
are you know working crazy hours and and even to get them to you have to back their whole entire day up to make mm-hmm. sure that they're getting the proper rest. Uh, looking at, at movement right now, if you're if you're trying to get pregnant, um, you know training for the marathon is probably not the best idea. Again, you want no. something that's more um, like moderate exercise, sort of brisk walking. We have uh, fertility yoga, which is very helpful for people. Um, you can do the high intensity training too, kind of short short bursts. But the whole idea with exercise, the next day you don't want to, you know, crawl out of the crawl out of bed and, and feel like you're dying and, you're, and, the, and you're, that you're very tired. So you want to see how you feel the next day, and if you've, it's you, you want to feel energized the next day, not not drained. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then and then we so we layer in that personalized diet and lifestyle, and then we also layer in the emotional support. Now we mm-hmm. we, we run um, mind mind body fertility groups. Um, we just actually had one. A little while ago, and there was 12 ladies in there, and and three of them just got pregnant by making mi- mindset shifts mm-hmm. alone. And this is based on Alice Domar. She's a pioneer of uh, mind-body fertility therapy, and um, she's a Harvard researcher. And she found that people that did um, mind-body techniques, so such as meditation, journaling, visualization, affirmations, being in a, a group environment, so you're able to show compassion to another woman. And then you can then show that same compassion to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, people within her group, within six months, uh, 55% became pregnant. And then within two years, 95% became um, a mother somehow. So those mindset shifts alone are extremely powerful. So we layer that that approach in. So we, we believe, you know, all of these things matter. It's just doing it in a targeted way. Mm, that is wonderful. And I like the that you do it in a targeted way and that you really address uh, all, all, most of, if not all of the factors that really are very important in playing into infertility and general health. Absolutely. So that's, that's fascinating. I'm really, really happy I got to get to talk to you today. Uh, how... Is the quotes of people that actually get pregnant once they are through your program and don't need IVF? I mean, there are certainly some that still need IVF and and, and donor eggs and and that all. Yeah, there's some people. Yeah, basically, the the idea is either they they start and get pregnant naturally, or mm. if they do have to go on to an IVF, if that we got an average success rate of thirty percent. If you really worked on your preconception mm. health, then yep. you can then those those stats go up because you know people coming with just infertility, it could be you know when we we also look at their their blood chemistry, it could be like we just a lady I just talked about the other the other day actually she's um, she had unexplained infertility and we looked at her blood chemistry and she just found out she had Hashimoto's, hmm. so that's not unexplained. Nope. You know, oh. it's it's interesting where where these, especially the unexplained one, and a lot of people because I have you know premature ovarian failure, um, people come to me that have low you know low AMH, um, been told their only options are donor eggs, low you know high FSH, mm-hmm. uh, low ovarian reserve. That 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 type of people kind of uh, typically come to me. Um, and the program, it's. It's a couples program, but it's it's the the, the protocols for the, the woman, and we were mm. just coaching women in the beginning, um, but then we just found out you know it takes two to tango with this, and really getting the partner on the same page, and they don't, and it's it's not about them you know dragging someone across the finish line. They have to be open minded and re- ready to, to look at their diet and lifestyle in a in a in a, in a different way, and 
it's, and we seem to actually attract people in the medical profession, which is kind of funny. They're like doctors and nurses and people like that that are struggling to have their own babies. <laughs> yeah, because they probably know that the conventional medicine is not the only solution for it. And I remember when I did a male fertility test as a dermatologist in Germany years ago, uh, about half of the cases, the men has a not optimal sperm count or quality. So if the yeah. men do does the work with the woman, I think the results are uh, even better. Exactly. Yeah, forty percent is, is is male factor in fertility. Yeah. Sixty percent. And the men female. always think it's not them. We, we, <laughs> the men always think it's not them. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's and it can be. I've got someone coming on my podcast, the the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be talking about male infertility. Good. And really, he's very vocal. He's on the um, Fertility Matters um, board of directors, very vocal about sharing his story because um, because many men, like women, will go on chat groups. They might tell a few close friends. They um, they'll 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 just be a little more open about it. Mm. Whereas men, typically, like stereotypically, don't tell a soul. Oh no no. And so he's being very vocal to say you know to lift the shame around this because. Especially like stereotypically for men, it could be you know their manhood could be right. threatened like yeah. that thing if they're if they're if they're having issues being now, able to, to you know. Uh, before before we have to end uh, the show, I would like you to share your website and how can people best contact you and find you. Yeah, so basically you can check out the uh, Get Pregnant Naturally podcast. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Um, I also have a fertility diet freebie for people. So you can go to uh, fertility diet freebie, F-R-E-E-B-I-E. And it's a, it's a three day fertility diet challenge. So basically you got the, um, from the, the, the Harvard nurses study of, of mm-hmm. um, study of 18,000 nurses over the course of, uh, eight years and found the best, um, foods and, uh, lifestyle, um, strategies for fertility. So, and then we take it a step further, kind of adding in some of the tools of functional medicine in there. So, yeah, the Get Pregnant, um, sorry, the Fertility Diet Freebie is a good a good one to look at as well. Sure. And that is wonderful. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being on today's show. And this will bring me to the end of today's show. It was a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for, yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And for everybody that listens, please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments, or suggestions. Or if you'd like to contact Sarah, the best way to contact me is through my website, docchristine.com. And I'm always grateful for any feedback. And I am happy to share Sarah's links with anybody that is interested in the topic. I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer, Jim Francis, and his lovely assistant, Hannah. And thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIOEFM Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.